Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. My name is Arthur Thomas. I'm an associate editor at Biz Times Media. I'm joined this week on the weekly debrief by Andrew Wineland, editor at Biz Times. Andrew, how's it going? Good. Good to be here on a Friday. And again, this week we have Brandon uh, Andreg from Biz Times, our reporter covering all sorts of things, manufacturing, technology, startups, the airport. Uh, Brandon, what else are you covering? I mean, keep busy these days. Yeah, quite, quite a lot of things uh, and doing pretty well, Arthur. Thanks. Um, so let's, let's dive into it. Brandon, you had this story this week. Um, news bro- broke Oshkosh Defense Corporation, Oshkosh Corp. Um, they had won the contract to build the next generation of postal vehicles, but uh, Wisconsin did not win out in terms of those vehicles being built here. What can you tell us about it? That's right. Yeah. Earlier this week, they announced that they would be um, opening a facility in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and uh, where they're going to hire, you know, more than a thousand employees to build between 50,000 and 165,000 of what they call these next generation delivery vehicles. Uh, that is uh, the, the modern version of the uh, postal truck. And um, they, they plan to do that. They plan to make those vehicles over a 10-year uh, period. So lots of hiring down in South Carolina. Uh, some hiring, it sounds like, at least in Wisconsin, not necessarily southeastern Wisconsin, but we didn't completely strike out here, right? Yeah, so they're essentially going to be having a lot of the um, – uh, what would you call it? The uh, like support uh, for for this facility in Wisconsin. They, I think they're going to be hiring about a hundred people. A hundred people. It's not clear whether that's going to be you know entirely new hires or not. Um, they didn't really clarify that when I had reached out to them. Um, but uh, so th- there is going to be some job growth here, but not not quite the a thousand figure that uh, that they'll have in in. Uh, Spartanburg at this new facility, which I, I've forgotten to mention, is is an approximately 155 million uh, dollar project. Definitely, yeah, and it's 900 thousand square foot building. They're trying to move fast. It's kind of interesting. I mean, this is a long kind of term um, bidding process that this project was around. Um, you know, if you back up a few years, Tim Sullivan, uh, former Bucyrus CEO, when he was CEO of Rev Group, a Milwaukee-based company, um, had, you know, they were in the bidding early on and he had great plans to bring this to Century City in Milwaukee around 30th and Capitol. Um, if the if Rev Group and it's, I think they had like a Turkish partner on it. If they had won that, they were going to bring that job, those, those jobs here that uh, they've, they've been out of the bidding for a long time. But I think there was a lot of hope when Oshkosh was announced as the winner that this, these would be built in Wisconsin. There were aldermen in Milwaukee, you know, calling for the company to build it at Century City. And instead, you know, here it goes to South Carolina, which is another example of, you know, projects, expansion projects that, you know, for Wisconsin companies that went to South Carolina instead. Uh, Generac had one recently where they decided to build down there instead of in Wisconsin, partially because of workforce, partially because of the geography of, of being close to their customers. Uh, I think there was a few others. There's been other examples like that. Companies picking elsewhere to go. Um, Andrew, what do you, what do you make of this where they're, you know, we didn't win out here. Well, unfortunately, I just don't think there's any other way to look at it 
other than a big disappointment for Wisconsin. You know, obviously, it was very good news that Oshkosh won this contract. There was a lot of excitement about it. Um, you know, on a massive uh, government contract for Oshkosh. Um, and a lot of jobs would be created as a result of that. But, you know, and of course, there was hopes by the Milwaukee officials that you mentioned trying to bring into Milwaukee. I think that was a pipe dream. But when you find out that it ends up being a facility in South Carolina that's going to get this and a thousand jobs that will be created down there for this, that's, that's a pretty disappointing thing for, for Wisconsin to have missed out on that. I know Wisconsin's economic development officials made a strong pitch. Um, when you consider what Wisconsin has already done for the company, um, you know, Oshkosh Corp has received $55 million in tax credits since 2010. And of course, they've earned those and they've, they've made investments. They've built a new headquarters. They've done other hiring. So, you know, it's a great company for the state to have, but you get a, you get a deal like this. There's no way I think to, to not be disappointed in that. You know, and the other thing you got to consider is the state is very aggressive in supporting manufacturers with a, a manufacturing tax credit that if I'm not mistaken, basically takes the corporate tax rate for manufacturers in the state, you know, down to zero or near zero. Um, now, of course, the, these companies pay other taxes beside that, but that's a, it's a huge incentive for manufacturers with the idea, and it's been controversial, but the idea was, this is our economic background, backbone. These are companies that, you know, in a lot of cases are making a product here, sending it outside the state. Money is coming back into our state's economy, so it's a worthwhile tax credit. But when you're doing that and you can't land a deal like this, it feels like, wow, we, we struck out. Yeah. I mean, it is a case, you know, they needed a big, big building, 900,000 square feet. And it seems like they were looking to move fast. They wanted something kind of ready made, ready to go, which, you know, that goes to the, the question about Century City. I mean, it'd be hard to figure out if you could get a rectangular 900,000, 1 million square foot building on that property. Um, but even just finding a vacant building of that size in Wisconsin, uh, we're, I think we're discussing it in the office a little bit, just hard to think, you know, that there's one of those around. Um, there's not a, a big stock of them, if there is, um, that might fit their needs. Um, just to clean one item up, uh, they've received 48 million in tax credits. They've uh, been, a, they have, they're eligible for up to 55 They've been verified for 48, just so our friends at the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation okay. don't, you know, get angry with us for giving them seven more million than, than they've gotten. They like to point out that these are, you know, earned as you pay as you earn as you go kind of things. So, um, but um, still, I mean, a lot of money from the state out to, uh, to Oshkosh over the years um, and to have it go somewhere else is definitely a disappointment. Yeah. And even beyond the, just the, um, you know, availability of a, or finding a viable um, facility for this project. They also had told me, you know, going into, for site selection, there's a variety of factors that were at play, including workforce availability. 
And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, they noted was that Spartanburg and neighboring counties have a pretty high availability of skilled labor, which, you know, that's been kind of a, I think, a, a challenge um, in Wisconsin as far as manufacturing goes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we've, we continue to hear the refrain of, of challenges of finding, you know, uh, qualified employees. Um, we'll actually have a podcast out on Monday with uh, Ryan Festerling from QPS Employment Group um, talking about some strategies that, that companies can employ to, to help, you know, fill the workforce needs. Uh, let's switch gears to another story, um, another one that Brandon covered, uh, Spirit Airlines. Um, which we knew they were coming to Mitchell um, Airport here in Milwaukee, uh, but they're they're coming in even bigger style than they were originally planning. What what did you learn this week, Brandon? So they just launched their first flights from Milwaukee yesterday, I believe, and uh, those flights, uh, the first flights that they were initially that they initially announced and offered were to Orlando, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles. But uh, just yesterday they added uh, a couple of different uh, stops. Well, actually more than a couple, five to be exact. And that's to Fort Lauderdale, Fort Myers, Phoenix, and Tampa. And they'll also be offering three times per week flights to, to Cancun as well. Very cool. And uh, that just, that follows the, that follows this, this trend that we're seeing at, uh, at Mitchell International of just uh, an increase in uh, flights uh, uh, for leisure travel. Yeah, it seems you can't even like keep track of of which ones have been added. Who's adding which flights? It seems there's an announcement every every week or so. Um, Andrew, what what do you make of this? Well, yeah, there's a, there's a growing list of airlines that are adding flights in Milwaukee as as that industry recovers from the pandemic, and it's all or nearly all our leisure destinations. We've gotten some new airlines. Spirit is a new airline to Milwaukee. Um, JetBlue is coming, Sun Country. Um, and we're getting new destinations, you know, places like Charleston, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. Um, you know, every market in Florida seems to be getting a new flight, even small ones like Destin. Um, I think there's now three different airlines that are serving Milwaukee to Cancun. So uh, it's interesting, just the push for uh, to serve leisure travelers as we come out of the pandemic year when we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think, helping, you know, Mitchell's traffic rebound. You know, they've really had some sharp increases over the last few months, um, but it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for that business travel to rebound. So in, let's say, May, um, 366,000 uh, passengers through Mitchell, um, which, you know, a nice strong rebound, but uh, you compare that to May of 2019, uh, you're looking at like 588,000. So we're still a long way to go to get back to, you know, pre-pandemic levels of travel. So as much as things are picking up and we've had, you know, national stories about airlines canceling flights because they can't find enough crew and, and staff to, to make a go of it. Um, we're still a ways off from, you know, getting back to that, that full-throated level of, of travel that we had pre-pandemic. So, um, and then the final story we wanted to touch on today was actually 
Um, along a similar line, uh, the latest numbers were out for Wisconsin's uh, gross domestic product, a nice measure of kind of where the Wisconsin economy is at, um, grew at a 6% annual rate in the first quarter of this year, which is um, definitely, you know, I think it's one of the strongest we have in, in data going back to like the mid 2000s. There's only a few other times there's been a quarter that have been, that's been stronger. Uh, but if you compare you know, the, the level that we're at, um, it's still slightly behind where we were in the fourth quarter of 2019. So, and this is the real GDP kind of adjusted for inflation, um, pegged to $2,012 to kind of get a, a level measurement. Um, and so, you know, as much as there's a lot of economic activity and places are busy and there's supply chain challenges and all these things that, that show a rebound, um, we're still not quite back to where we were. Um, and it's, you know, manufacturing, durable goods manufacturing, especially had rebounded, but you look at industries that were really hard hit, you know, um, accommodation and food service, um, hard hit industry that's still not back to its pre-pandemic level. Um, actually healthcare, I think is in a similar boat because so many procedures and things were canceled when the emphasis was on, you know, keeping hospitals safe and, and, you know, treating those with COVID. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of sorting out of the economic impact from, from the pandemic to be done. Yeah, we're making progress, big, a lot of progress, you know, but we're still not there. We're still not back to pre-pandemic level. And the other thing I'd like to see is just, you know, when you compare our state's economic performance to others, especially those in the Midwest, we're still lagging several of our Midwestern peers. So you'd like to see us doing better uh, in that regard. So, uh, you know, there's still more work to be done, but de definite progress and that's encouraging. Yeah, let's uh, let's go into the the weekend thinking about the six percent growth, not the the work you know the work to be done. We'll we'll tackle that on Monday. Uh, let's let's go into the weekend on a happy note. Uh, with there we go. That's strong growth. Um, so, Brandon, Andrew, thanks for joining me on the weekly debrief this week. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week.